Well, markets are really just poodling about today, waiting for the non-farm payrolls. They're not really responding to central bank talkers either because everyone has their opinion on the I-word, but nobody really knows for sure. So we wait for the data. Uh, We'll look at US jobs, including the ADP numbers out overnight. The Aussie dollar stuck in the doldrums. Why is that? And China's growth. Is it faltering? Plus, Andy Haldane. He had some fun words to say on his last day at the Bank of England. It's Thursday, the 1st of July, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, every day the question is tech. Is it on or off today? Well, today it's off. The Nasdaq is down 0.2%, whereas the Dow is up almost 0.6%. Facebook is down 1%, despite having got off the hook on the antitrust lawsuit yesterday. Uh, stocks are down in Europe. The Euro stocks 50 losing more than 1%, 0.7% off for the FTSE 100. The US dollar is rising further today. The DXY up a third of 1%. Uh, it's up 0.5% on the Japanese yen. Whilst the Euro is down 0.3%, the Aussie down 0.2%. So is the pound, uh, but it's gained, uh, regained all those losses back again. And uh, bond yields are falling slightly, down one basis point for 10-year treasuries. German bonds down four basis points. Not sure how we can link that to the uh, to the Euro's defeat, but we'll ha- we, could, we could have a try. Uh, 10 years in France, also down four basis points. And oil climbing, 0.4% up for Brent, 0.6% for WTI. So still mixed sentiment, isn't it? Uh, good data offset by the uncertainty of where we get next with the virus, perhaps. So let's look at that with uh, David DeGaris, Director of Markets for Economics for Markets at NAB in London. Uh, when you look at bond yields, maybe we should start there. I mean, they're still well down on where they were just before the FOMC meeting. And the direction since May, in fact, arguably since April, has been down, even though we it are is. still half a percent higher than we were at the beginning of the year. So, uh, so yes. yeah, where is all this heading, Dave? <laughs> it's all that, it's all that uh, debate, isn't it, Phil, about um, whether inflation is transitory, how long it's going to be there. But if you just take the um, the bond yields and the break-even inflation rates from the bond yields, the market's not pricing in any sort of rise in inflation beyond sort of the next 12 months. So market's priced in transitory. Whether it turns out like that remains to be seen. Different Fed people have different views on that, but I think – the big game right now is really Friday's payrolls, and that's the next, obviously the the next key data point. So it's been it's been a scratchy sort of day, as you as you said there, Phil. So the US dollar has been, you know certainly been stronger. Up what was it? DXY up uh, a third of a percent or 0.4 thereabouts. Mm. So 90, 92.42. So we're getting back, if not to the the highs for this month, and. Um, like uh, dollar yen is sort of almost up to its its high for the year, and Aussie sort of has been testing below seventy five cents today. So whether that's positioning ahead of the uh, the payrolls numbers, you could rationalise it that way, or whether it's just uh, month end flows, whatever. Mm. Um, or the virus. It is what it is today. Or, or the, the virus, indeed. Yeah. And what about private sector credit? Just while we're talking about odds, I mean that was up a little in May, which has got to be a good sign. But of course. Because of the virus, it is a very different story now, isn't it? We've got more lockdowns in Alice Springs now. They've been told they can't go anywhere. But if you lived in Alice Springs, where would you go anyway? Uh, well, it, it's not a big place, Alice Springs. <laughs> if you, if you, I don't know whether you've been. There, I've been. Phil. I have driven there. from uh, Adelaide well up to Darwin. I've driven the whole thing. Yeah, it's a long drive. It's a long drive. Um, it, it is, but I, I must admit, I was surprised to see that they were in lockdown. Mm. It would have been the last place I would have expected it. But definitely, you know, for Australia this week. 
while the credit numbers are always important, but um, the, the the most important focus is the the number of uh, daily infections in any lockdown years. So, yeah. particularly ahead of the Reserve Bank meeting next week, and uh, what they make of all of that. So, commodities is an interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, there's a balancing act going on with commodities, isn't there? I mean, particularly if you look at for oil, that you've got the balance between demand, which is driven by covid fears and and reopenings the opportunities and you know and the dangers mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. ways are going to tilt and then of course on top of that we've got opec as well uh, i see stocks are falling faster than expected in the us the uh, the figures yes. out from the eaa so so clearly there's some demand there i think so uh, i think you know we we're starting to see uh, a, a divergence in the picture i mean if we take the the vaccination rollout as one benchmark fill then clearly what we're seeing is the US and the UK and Europe catching up as well, getting towards uh, quite appreciable uh, levels of, of vaccination. I mean, the US and the UK are, what, just below 50% of the population. Higher than that is a percent of the adult population and Europe up to, what, 30% or a bit below 30%, a little bit above, depending on which country you look at. So... Those regions of the world should be doing better as far as re, the, you know the reopening type trades that we're talking about. So I think that's certainly the case in the US and a lot of the the talk here in in the press, the the, the UK press, has been about what sort of restrictions, if any, will remain. You know, after um, you know the fuller reopening come July nineteenth, not so much whether there will be removal of, of restrictions, but how widespread they'll be. Now we haven't seen the their release yet but certainly that's the way it's pointing and the pound sliding a little bit along with the aussie dollar despite the expectation there that everything is going to reopen in the middle of july uh the the government is really talking that up aren't they i I suspect they might as it gets closer they might go oh but you've got to keep your face masks on and you've still got to test everywhere uh because look those numbers those infection numbers even though everyone's i mean it's a it's great in it's it's an interesting uh, case study for the rest of the world, isn't it? Because their numbers are going up, but hospitalizations yes. are not. Yes. 26,000 yes. people reported on Thursday. That is getting close to halfway to the peak that yes. they saw after Christmas. So these are very big numbers, but hospitalizations yes. very low. So Indeed. But, but you know, remember that, uh, you know, since the schools went back when in March, mm. you know, testing numbers have doubled yeah. since then. So um, certainly the incidence of the virus is there and, you know, the, the press here is replete with stories of how schools have been disrupted by, you know, isolation, what anywhere between one and 300,000 kids and families that have been affected by that. So they don't want to do that come September. But as you say, Phil, the hospitalisation numbers uh, and and deaths are way way down, extremely low still. Mm. So uh, it, it's been a, it, as you said, it's in the UK is really the petri dish yeah. there for the world, and it's been encouraging so far. It has. Well, let's see. I mean, they, they're still going to cram a hundred thousand people into the into Wembley Stadium for uh, for when England uh, beats Italy in the final in a couple of weeks. Uh, the <laughs> one nil. Um, well, well, I, I, Saturday Saturday night first, Phil. I know one of our listeners has got some money on this. Someone on uh, quite high up in the bank. Uh, meanwhile, uh, UK GDP uh, down 1.6% in Q1. Uh, that's a slight revised down, but I mean, it's yes. Q1. I 
mean, it's ancient history, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And the, the revision was so small as to mm. most people didn't even notice that number when it came out. Yeah, so, so let's look at what people did notice. Uh, and again, it's no surprise because he's been saying this all along. But Andy Haldane from the Bank of England, obviously on his way out, so he can say what he likes. The, almost his yes. parting words, basically, again, saying don't underestimate the inflation risk. No, uh, you know, it is his last day at the bank today, or has been his last day at the bank. Mm. So, um, you know, he's had 32 years, 32 jam-packed years, and he gave a very interesting address today, Phil, and I think, you know, the sorts of things that the the market today has taken note of are those quite strident views on the fact, you know, that inflation could pick up significantly further and be persistent. In his view, you know, the UK economy is either riding on the crest of a wave now, so the demand is there, and that's the reopening story, definitely. And, of course, the, the potential unleashing of that big pool of savings from uh, from businesses and households, and in his view, the supply side will be slower to catch up. So he, he th- thinks the risk is that inflation will be persistent uh, and higher. So the market's sort of taken note of that, and, and, and everyone understands his is quite strident and forthright with his view his views and uh, and respects him uh, from that. But mm. you know, he had a couple of interesting things to say about the communications. And one reason I mentioned that is that uh, the governor Andrew Bailey is uh, giving giving his mansion house speech um, tonight. Uh, yeah, and um, of course, this used to be the prime form of communication for the governor of the Bank of England for what, two or three hundred years. And um, and uh, Andrew and uh, Andy Lane had a very interesting turn of phrase and I'd just like to, to quote one sentence from, from his speech here. Um, the public audience for this singular act of public communication was about as diverse as a set of white, male, middle-aged, slightly pissed financiers that is possible to assemble. So I thought that was, that was an apt description. But... Um, yeah, no, he, he he has quite some interesting views on forward guidance from from uh, central bankers. Well, they're not doing simple, enough of it, right? Yeah. Well, not doing the right thing uh, mm. in in his views. Not simple, not understandable, and perhaps too tailored to the financial markets rather than being tailored for what households and businesses would understand and mm. you know guide their decisions accordingly. No. So, so he wants so, them to open, a, open up more and broaden their audience. He's, you know, both correct, are saying that. absolutely, yeah, yeah. and uh, not a fan of the dot plots at all. All right, okay, all right. Interesting stuff. Well, we'll see what Andrew Bailey has to say. Uh, and uh, uh, Bostick from the – I always think of a tube of glue whenever we talk about <laughs> Bostick from the Fed. Uh, he's uh, calling for a rate rise in 2022 and uh, and a call on tapering in a few months. That's where he – I mean, but, you know, we're, we're hearing this from a few different camps. Yeah, we are, but it's it's all going to be dependent on how the numbers turn out. You know, what what is going to be the substantial progress? So different people have different views on that. Yeah. Now, are we going to take one over the other, or are we going to just kind of keep our eyes on the numbers? On the numbers, absolutely. Well, well let's look at the numbers. Otherwise, otherwise, you'll be you'll be chasing your tail. Yeah. You know, with the, with the various comments. Well, you've already mentioned non-farm payrolls at the end of the week is going to be the one to watch, isn't it? The ADP employment numbers we've had though they came out higher than expected, six hundred ninety-two thousand new jobs. They revised the May figure up too. Uh, it's it's down on that May figure, but up on March and, and April. Uh, yeah. Half of those new jobs in leisure and hospitality. Um, I mean, overall. It was basically all the rise minus sixty eight thousand was in the was in the services sector and the sixty eight thousand which were goods producing jobs most of that was in construction. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So the last two months, the the ADP has overestimated the actual payrolls numbers. I mean, mm. you might you will recall last month, um, what was it, nine hundred and seventy eight thousand. So there's a lot of a half expectation we could have seen a million print. Now that that never happened, of course. So if you take the last ten months as any sort of guide, then this, this number could be an even lower one. But mm. who's to know? It, yeah. It hasn't been the most reliable indicator, Phil. No, it, it's much more than just it's much more than just a count of jobs. There's a, there's a whole lot of other. But it did um, hit shares, didn't inputs. it? I mean, it was. I mean, the share market clearly they were thinking. Uh, well, some it's were funny, thinking, isn't it? Well, I mean, I guess everyone was saying, well, this is a high number, so maybe the Fed will bring the uh, rate rises forward, and uh, and maybe that's the explanation. Maybe uh, you're right. The market is it is a market sensitive number, even though you speak to analysts and and uh, they all have misgivings about it mm. but um, it is out there and it does affect it does affect markets but really it's the uh, the payrolls ones that, that count uh, I, I wouldn't be modeling it based on the ADP number what about uh, pending home sales do be much much attention to that because they came out with another positive number wasn't it out of the United States despite- I, I think for the for the housing number it's going to be how the, the bond market performs because of course the lower the yields go, uh, brings refinancings and uh, mortgage demand back into the uh, the growth equation again. Yeah, everyone gets that extension done, don't they? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> now, uh, China. I asked Rodrigo yesterday whether uh, we, you know we were seeing a slowdown or mm. at least, a, a, at least a, a slowdown of the growth, and whether that was a yes. cause concern. We saw another of it yesterday, didn't we? we saw the non-manufacturing PMI still over fifty, of course, but fifty three point five down from mm. fifty five point two in May, and manufacturing also down a little at 50.9 now it's getting close to 50 it is um it is it does play into that narrative that the service sector did slow down some somewhat mm. in in june phil so we know there have been some you know restrictions infections in guangdong and um, that may well have affected sentiment there um and 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 so we are seeing a bit of a bit of a slowing but um, certainly not reflected in the in the iron ore price at the present time. Even though there's been talk about curbs on production ahead of the hundred year anniversary of the uh, of the Chinese Communist Party. But um, no, you're right. It, it did play to a little bit slower. But is this something that's going to last, or just a bit of month to month variation? Yep. Probably think the latter, but we'll see. Yeah, well, it just adds, you know, to the fact that there's still uncertainty abounding, isn't there? It would, there's never been a time like this. Now, you mentioned iron ore prices. That's a nice segue because we get the Australian trade balance this morning. Uh, also talking about China, the Keijing Manufacturing PMI. We get the US ISM Manufacturing, the Japanese Tank mm. and Large Manufacturing Index. And, of course, those weekly jobless claims from the United States as well. So, uh, yes. anything to say on any of those before we go? Oh, look, the only thing is, I, I, you know, I think the most market sensitive one will be the jobless claims of those so yep. um but you're right we get all the manufacturing pmis and uh, house prices in australia as well so mm. it's a bit for the market there to chew on but really it's, it's mm. about the payrolls from here all right well the music started we've got to go we'll catch you again very soon dave we'll do phil cheers i'm phil dobby for now back again tomorrow morning see you then